What's up, everybody? I'm Josh So Focused. I'm French, the bro host, and we would like to welcome you to the next, 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 podcast. This is episode 34. And if you didn't know, we're a weekly podcast where we cover the most intriguing Knicks news of the week. And if you want to find us on our socials, you can check us out first on Twitter at the Knicks Take. Then go to YouTube and search Nick's Take Videos. And if you'd rather follow on Instagram, you could find us at the Nick's Take. And lastly, you can fi- you can find us, you can find us on Facebook at Nick's Take Media. So, are you week? We- <laughs> you know how my week's been. You know exactly how my week's been. Wait, same way the rest of us are our, our week's been. Mm-hmm. But uh, outside of the Knicks, I've been healing good. Uh, got got my hand checked out. Seems to be everything seems to still be going good. And also, I am now a co-owner of a lightly used Kia Sorento. Congratulations! I guess I'm never gonna drive it. So that that's basically my week. Just been home, chilling with the kids, going to appointments, stuff like that. How about you, French? How has your week been? It's just been a long week. Long week at work. It was only two games in Knicks this week, and them two games didn't help. <laughs> so uh, outside of those two games, I've just been watching Cam Reddish and Rokas, Jakubaitis highlights. He's wilding overseas. You've you been watching that? You've been keeping up with him? No, nah, not really. You got you to gotta watch something good. You got to watch some type of good basketball. You might as well go to YouTube and search up his highlights because I mean, the you way ain't going to find it with the Knicks right now. The way things are going, I might as well watch Westchester Knicks, watch Rokas <laughs> Yokobitis, mm-hmm. look at Cam Reddish highlights. Like, I, mm, I don't know. But, you know, speaking of Cam, he he's one of the topics we discussed last week on the last episode of the Knicks Take Podcast. We recapped two weeks' worth of games. Knicks went 5-2. and two. We covered the status of Kemba Walker, Randall's relationship with the fans after Randall Gate, the thumbs down, the yelling on the court, the shut the fuck up of it all. And we had two Knicks trades, one of which was really nothing. The other one brought Cam Reddish from Atlanta for Kevin Knox. And we both left off feeling pretty safe and confident and Quote, we left off last last episode saying that we were very pleased, very optimistic, really excited to see where this team's ceiling is headed. We're back at 500. Mm-hmm. Happiness. Mm-hmm. Look at us now. <laughs> so that's where we left off. And I'm going to start off before I get into the games. I'm going to do a transaction before we get into the games because, yeah, you know. Knicks waived Solomon Hill. So basically, French, you wasted all that breath talking about what Solomon Hill could bring to this team and re-signed Ryan Archie Dianoco. Archie Diacono. Archie Diacosanicano. You're going to have to learn his name. We brought him back like four times now. They they must really like him. Okay, if you say so. Archie Diacono. Yeah, I I don't see the point of memorizing his name because... Who was that guy that we had for most of the season that we that we waved in order to bring him in? Selden. He was trash. Wayne Selden. I remembered his name off rip. And look and look mm-hmm. at him now. He I don't even know. He I know he scored something on one of the games, but he was trash. So I don't Maybe know if he's a locker room guy. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's what's I thought that's what Solomon Hill was supposed to be, French. But anyway. So now I'll get into the first game of the week, Knicks played Minnesota Timberwolves on the second game of a back-to-back. Back in the Garden, after one of our toughest losses of the season the night before against the Charlotte Hornets. We also 
When we were talked about Kemba Walker in the last episode, guess who returned to the Knicks after all of the questions about when he would be back? A lot of people were saying, mm-hmm. oh, he might ne- we might never see him in a Knicks uniform again. A lot of people wondering if this injury is so- something more serious, even though the Knicks said it wasn't that serious. Kemba Walker back in the lineup and started. He played well in this game, 19 points, 4 assists. But in the end, the Knicks still lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves, the free throw line, the referees, the fans. The Knicks lost to everybody. And the first thing I want to say is the Timberwolves, that team looks different. Like, yeah, th- that looks like a different team from the team that we played last year. Yeah, not, no, 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 no. That makes it that much more understandable why we lost to that team last year because it wasn't a fluke they was figuring it out they was playing well but they just was a, a team that was too young too inexperienced now that they got more experience you see what type of potential that they have so maybe it wasn't such an embarrassing loss last season i just don't remember the defense their defense was very active mm-hmm. and i don't remember their defense looking that active last season and also anthony edwards he he's he's looking real whereas yeah. you for a long time last year he wasn't looking like like he was working through it and now we we can say that he has leapt over guys like RJ Barrett in his second season with how consistent he's how consistently he's been playing not to say that i think that he is better but the consistency is starting to get there Mm-hmm. Whereas with RJ, obviously the consistency isn't there yet. We 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 were talking, you know, giving him praises last episode, and you know, this game, the game before, the RJ that we thought is going to lead this team, maybe he's not there yet. He's still figuring it out. Yeah, so that team looks different. Timberwolves tops in the league at forcing turnovers, and they displayed that in this game. But I, I don't know how you think how you feel about this French, but I felt like the Knicks exacerbated it themselves. Like I felt yeah. like they were just doing dumb, like stepping out of bounds, mm-hmm. doing dumb cross court passes. Like they were, it looked like they were trying to give the Timberwolves the ball in that first half. Especially RJ. RJ was uncharacteristically careless. Yeah, they they just didn't seem to have the chemistry amongst the starting lineup that they've had within the last week with the other starters with Burks. Mm-hmm. Um, Kemba, he had a great night, and it seemed like it took an impact on the chemistry of the team. I don't want to blame it on Kemba, but that's just that's the only thing I can say because. Every game before Kemba's been back, they seem to have cohesion in the lineup. They seem to ex- know what to expect. Every they game? seem to, not every game, but for the most part, it wasn't such game before lapses. It wasn't as many lapses on like, I guess, wait, well, maybe I'm bugging, but I just, we'll talk, I don't know. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> the chemistry uh, just you? seems a little bit worse. I'm glad you brought it up, but we'll we'll talk about it after the next game. But yes, the chemistry does seem like the chemistry that it seemed like they found in this game definitely like they were unsure of themselves, hesitant to shoot. It, it seemed like they were lacking confidence in the abilities that they've shown. RJ was absolutely terrible. I felt like he shouldn't have gotten as many minutes as he's got had he got in this game. He played 37 minutes against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And he went six for 16 for 17 points. He scored a double digits. He did that well. He grabbed six rebounds. He had two assists, seven turnovers on the night. That is way worse than Julius Randle has been. Like the, the worst Julius Randle game, yeah, maybe he might get to six, seven, but he, had, he would have more assists than that. Yeah, it seems like teams are starting to game plan for RJ now, and he's... Now that he's having to learn how to adjust with yeah. it, yeah, he's yeah, he's turning the ball over a lot more. He's not scoring as efficiently, but but I don't feel like that was I don't I feel like the teams are doing that. I don't feel like that was this game. I feel like he was doing it a lot himself. Like I, it was I a think lot. It's of, a combination. 
It is a combination. 100%. A lot of the, the a lot of the plays where we didn't really see RJ with the ball. Maybe I gotta re- go back and rewatch this game, but I feel like the the Minnesota Timberwolves defense would impact him so that he just wouldn't get comfortable enough to even get to the places where he's most comfortable on the court when he does get the ball. One hundred percent. But he was there forcing were, there a lot were, of the time. There were a lot of passes that were just careless. Like, yes, mm-hmm. they did that, but there were there were careless passes and there were non-recognition of your way your teammates are on the court issues with RJ. There were a lot of times where RJ, I'm like, RJ passed to such and such, Randall, Mitch, and he'd miss them. And he would either completely miss them and pass it to somebody else, and that would cause a turnover. Or he would figure it out four or five seconds later when the defense realizes, hey, this guy is about to get the, get the ball. And he would pass it to them then, and that's, that would cause a turnover. And that that that's just uncharacteristic for a guy who has been playing the game for as long as he has, who's been brought up around veterans, who should mm-hmm. have a lot more instincts than what he showed in this game. I, I don't know where his focus was at, was at but he, it was completely gone. And he sh- I don't think he should have gotten 37 minutes in this game. I think he should have given more time to Quentin Grimes or, I guess, quickly. I, I don't feel like quickly had a great game in this game either, but yeah, quickly hasn't I, but, been great lately. But he, but the fact that RJ turned the ball over seven times and he also missed three of his six free throws. Mm-hmm. I, I think you, I think you might be better off having somebody out there who is ineffective as opposed to somebody out there who is being an active, active detriment to your team the way that RJ was for the majority of the game. Not the entire game. He did do some nice things. He did still get to the basket. He A lot of the things that we've been praising were still there. But he went two for seven for three. Not great. He sh- And if you get rid of some of those misses from three, maybe his overall percentages look better. But then you look at the free throws and it's like, we need, we need, to, get, we need to get over them three throws like that. Once again, that 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 goes to focus. Where is the focus at? Seven seven turnovers and three missed free throws. You missed half of your free throws. I like that. I like that the finishing package is still there, but we need more than that from RJ. But outside of RJ, the fact outside of the fact that the Knicks were turning over the ball, outside of the fact that the Knicks overall free throws were just not great. They were Terrible. still in this game for the first for the first half. Like I was looking at how many turnovers the Knicks had in, in the first quarter, and even in the first quarter, it was like, "Geez, like y'all are about to get thirteen, which is your average on the season. You are about to have thirteen turnovers in the half." Mm-hmm. And they were still in the game. Like they were still within ten points. I was like, "This is a closer game than it should be." Depend like the way that they're playing, the way that they're shooting. And Cat was looking confident out there. He was right moving Mitch's side, going to the paint whenever he wanted. I was surprised he only finished the night with twenty points. And they played the they played this game well enough to win, right? So despite all that, the Knicks played, especially in the second half, well enough that I felt like they still should have won this game. But uh, let's talk about this, French and referees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the referees, bro. The referees have been calls. bad all season, though. Three botched calls, right, at the end of the game. First one happened in the final minute and 46 seconds when the Timberwolves ganged up on Evan Fournier, who lost the ball. Now, I don't remember if watching live, I felt like he got fouled. But I, I felt like... But the next two, definitely, I knew in the moment. I was like, that's not, that's not a foul. So they said, first one happened, final minute, 46 seconds. Timberwolves ganged up on Evan Fournier, lost the ball. Towns makes contact to the arm of Fournier on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that one. You remember that one? No. No. So thank you, refs, because that, <laughs> that further proves that 
the Knicks should have won this game because at that point, the Knicks were leading. They were up like two or three. And right after that turnover, the Timberwolves scored the ball to bring it within one. Then, Carl Anthony Towns made a three-point play off of a Julius Randle foul, which gave the Timberwolves the lead, 111-109. to And in this, Towns reaches out and grabs Randle's arm and affects his ability to defend, per the last two minutes report. Carl Anthony Towns got away with a lot of bullshit in that game. A lot. Even before the last two minutes. He hooked Mitch. On a, on a play to get an easy layup. And Mitch, was, Mitch, who was in foul trouble all night, was like, yo, like, y'all not gonna, y'all don't see him cook? Like, he hooked him, grabbed him, pushed him around, got an easy layup. Like, I was like, how does nobody see that that's a foul? Julius Randle had a, had a, had a layup or a lay-in, and he got just demolished, like, a, a, some, got smacked in the face by Carl Anthony. Like, Carl Anthony Towns was fouling the shit out of mad people and wasn't getting no calls. But everybody who guarded him for the night got fouled out. So, and even in the last two-minute report, in the last three-minute report, two of the three fouls that they, that, that, that they said should have been called, they were all called Anthony Towns. Now, Carl Anthony Towns had, I'm about to go, I'm about to check, tell you but right I don't want to rule Mitch fouling out as every play being on cat like mitch was doing a lot of stupid fouls too mitch was doing stupid fouls too correct but carlington towns had four fouls in the night i mentioned several times where i felt like carlington towns fouled before the final two minutes of the game and then including the final two minutes of the game the referees admit that he should have he should have gotten two fouls yeah but he's the star they team they ain't gonna let him follow Randall gets away with a lot of fouls too. I'm not gonna blame the refs. You're absolutely, absolutely right. Randall does get away with fouls, but I, but the shit that Carlton Towns was pulling this game, he should have had five. And if you're not, if you're not gonna call that sixth foul because he's a star, cool. But at least make it so that he's like scared to get that last foul. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, y'all, y'all just letting him do anything on the court, and that's not. I don't want to watch a game like that. I don't want to watch a game where you let in the star player do whatever the fuck he wants on the court and excuse my language and, and the other team who's playing well enough to win. You're just not giving them any chance to win. Like, I don't want to watch that game. I don't want to I don't want to have this conversation about the referees, especially like I was willing to get rid of all of that. The missed foul calls, all of that stuff. The Knicks were down one. This was the play that pissed me off. Like you watched it live, and everybody saw it. They replayed it, and it's like, y'all really not gonna? Wow. Okay. D'Lo. The they in, the the Timberwolves inbounded the ball. You see how frustrated I'm getting. Timberwolves inbounded the ball. RJ gets a hand on it, jumps up. D'Lo pushes RJ in the chest. RJ taps the ball with his fingertips as he's getting pushed and. Falls down to the ground. D'Lo grabs the rebound. Right in front of the referee. No call. That would have been a key turnover and allow the Knicks with 24 seconds left in the game to take the lead. And the refs do nothing. And they just say, play on. And (laughs) this pissed me off because it's like, yo, Leading to that, the game should have already been tied because Julius Randle had a, had, was at the line for two. Knicks were down two. Julius goes to the line, and I say, this dude's going to miss one of, two, one of these two free throws. I just know he is. And, of course, he does. I don't want to skate over it, but, I, but it does need to be acknowledged. Julius Randle in clutch time, when you put him on the free throw line, he ain't hitting, he ain't shooting 100% from the free throw line. And that, that is something that is concerning to me. But the fact that the Knicks still tried and had an opportunity to make up for that with a turnover and you just award the other team by letting them get away with whatever they want to do. I, can, can the referees get fined for stupid shit like that? Like, I, I really don't get 
what the point of this last two minute report is. Like I was just about to say that. Like I don't understand unless you're going to penalize referees for at the maybe at the end of the day the referees who missed the most calls. Like okay, like y'all not gonna y'all like there's a bonus, but if you don't if you don't if you end up the last in in referees in these games and you have the most games or whatever, you get a you don't get that bonus or something. Like something has to change. Something has to change because I understand that this game is very hard to referee. But when there are things that are just so blatant, I don't know the last time I've watched a two minute report where every single missed call <laughs> is not in favor of, of one the home team. team. Of the, the home team. team. I don't remember that. So, uh, French, how do you feel about this? The refs have been costing us games all season. But I feel like it's on the players to understand that and provide something more. Adjust to the game. You see the refs are missing calls. They, they, they're favoring the star play on the other team. You're home. There's, there's, there's a way to adjust rather than like crumbling under the pressure. And I feel like they, they have been crumbling under the pressure, even going into the next game, which I'm not, I'm not going to dive into it yet, but this isn't nothing new for this team. Like Julius Randle, every time you see him blowing up after a game, it's about a referee. If you know the referees aren't going to be helping you, you have to find a way to still get the win in that circumstance. And the play right after this RJ push-off where we had possession of the ball with time left on the clock, it didn't seem like there was a game plan for that type of situation. It was feed the best shot creator on the floor at the time, whoever has the high hand, and see what you could get out there. React to the defense. But I feel like there should be a play in that type of situation with the game on the line. Am I bugging there? Like, because Evan Fournier from the top of the key just drives to, down the left to the paint, goes up with some type of stupid shot. We get the, the, the ball. Alec Burks gets the rebound, steps behind the three, and then shoots a contested three when we're down two points. We're down two points. I, 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 I'm going to disagree At with home. You, I'm going to disagree with you because the Knicks didn't crumble. Um, they crumbled. They did not. And I'll tell you why. Minnesota's defense was very good throughout the whole night. And the fact that the Knicks won damn near forced a turnover without having, without having to foul Minnesota. That's heart. And that is responding irregardless of the referees. Most times, 100%, I'll agree with you. For this game, no. Because when you do what you need to do in order to win the game and the referees are making it unfair it's not that, oh, they're calling the game a certain type of way. That, all right, cool. But there's no reason why you should be able to, why you should be penalized for playing hard and getting the steal. And somebody can push you so that you don't get the steal so that, so that, so that they win the game. There's no way that should happen. And then they didn't, like, quit after that. They grabbed, you admitted, they got two shots at, either tying or winning the game. Like, if they crumbled, then they would have got that one bum shot bum shot from Evan Fournier, and then the game would have been over right then and there. But that's not what happened. Alec Burks grabbed the rebound. He went behind the three-point line. He went for the win. Why? Because that was the open shot that was given to him. That was the, the open shot that was given to him at but, the time. It ended up being contested because they had to recover, and they recovered beautifully. But... When he took the shot, I wasn't mad at it because that's a shot that he could hit. The the what I was mad at was the fact that he was on the <laughs> I, and I was mad at the fact that he was on the court because he had a terrible, terrible game, and we knew this. And then the Taj Gibson fouls out. 
And instead of putting in Obi Toppin, who, who can just, you got to throw the ball up in the air and he could just tip it into the hoop at any point. I mean, Obi played nine minutes. Alec Burks played 16. Like. With zero at, points. With zero points. At least Obi scored four. And he's a big. So you lost. So instead of saying, all right, we lost Taj Gibson. You decide that you're going to bring in the guy who the only guy on your team who hasn't scored when you're down that I didn't get. Right. But regardless, Alec Burks has been a big time player for us. So I'm not super mad at it. And it ended up with him getting the shot. But. It, it, they didn't crumble. That was the that's the, really the main point is that every that they played hard. They deserved to win this game. And. They didn't like. Like if they would have turned the ball over, all right, cool. I would agree with you. Like yeah, they they crumbled under pressure. They they couldn't do it, but they didn't turn over the ball. They nearly turned over the ball for the Timberwolves. They got to the line, like. Julius Randle may have crumbled under pressure. Yeah, I might give you that. But the team, I don't feel like they did. They had multiple opportunities to win. To win, They played well enough to win. They played through their own mistakes. This is the game that, according to the last two-minute report, if the referees call this correctly, the Knicks win this game. They were up the first with the first missed call. They gave Timberwolves the lead with the second missed call. And they prevented the Knicks from regaining the lead with the third missed call tell me how how tell me how that does not say the knicks deserved to win this game and the referees stole it from them like most times yeah 100 the referees are playing bad what are, are calling the game bad or whatever and you have to play through it and all that and a lot of times the knicks haven't they've crumbled under the pressure they've turned over the ball they've done something stupid they had a stupid play they've thrown up terrible shots I did. I agree with you. I didn't like that Evan Fournier shot that they gave, especially with the defense that Minnesota was playing. But the fact that they got the rebound and was able to take a shot to win the game, I'm not mad at losing a game because you tried to win it. I'm I'm mad at taking silly shots and losing or making silly decisions because you're under pressure and you lose the game that way. The Knicks got the rebound. They got it to Alec Burks. He shot the shot. He missed. I'm a not very mad at the Knicks dumb for the shot game. though. It huh? wasn't a good it wasn't a high IQ shot. He got the rebound near that the free throw line. I think you think it's not a high IQ shot because we were down two and he shot a three. And he could and he could have shot a floater or something like that. But again, you got you got the clock. When ticking. you have zero. That's what I'm you, that, like you don't have any type of rhythm. With the game on the line, you get the rebound. I just didn't like it's not a high it's not a it's not a low IQ possession, French. That that is just it was a decision. If he would have tried to drive and got his his, his shot blocked, you'd have been mad at that too. If he'd have, if he'd have went up and tried to go into the paint and, and 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 missed it because and they missed a fourth call because he got fouled on the way to the rim. I'd rather go down that way. I'm I I'm pretty lie. sure you would have, but at the end of the day, the point would still remain that if that's how it happened, you would we would still be I would still be saying the refs, the refs, the refs. But, but that but that's the that's the difference though. That would be a higher IQ decision. If he to hits go that shot, to the paint. You, if he hits he, that shot, are he, you complaining? I'm not complaining. It's still not gonna be the it shot that the, I it wasn't that terrible really of a wanted shot. in that moment, but it was terrible because it was contested. Listen, when he I, got wait, the rebound, he had the, opportunity to create some more space in the in the area that he was in. After Go the to pod, the paint, throw up a floater, or try to get contact and get an and one at the home. Pod, after the pod, unless you want to do this live on on pod, but after the pod, we'll take a look at that at that final possession, and we'll I'll see if I change my mind. Right. Deal. I, you right. make a lot of great points. I could be bugging, so I we we could do that after the pod. Uh, player of the game, Evan Fournier. Didn't talk about him too much. We did kind of trash him about the last possession of the game. Fourth quarter, he wasn't really that great. He, he got subbed out when he subbed back in. He was cold. But before that, the Knicks would not, I repeat, not be in this game without Evan Fournier. His shots in the third quarter took a game from being under Minnesota's control mm -hmm. to the Knicks taking firm command of the game. 
Mm-hmm. He went five for ten from three for twenty-seven points and was the leading scorer. Knicks don't have a chance of winning this game without him. You, you want to wax poetic about Evan Fournier's game, or you want to move on? I want to trade him. Like, come on, you just had twenty-seven. Somebody got to want him in the NBA. <laughs> come on now. <laughs> I want to get to this next game against the Pelicans. All right, let's do it. It was just another game in the Garden off a two-game losing streak and what felt like an, a, another must-win game, and they lay a goose egg. Devontae Graham comes back for this game. You said what? I said, I got nothing to add to that. <laughs> Devontae Graham comes back to this game. Typical for the Knicks to not get that break, but this was just a very bad game to watch from the beginning to the end. And you could tell very early on in this game what kind of direction it was going because the Pelicans, they were playing tough from the beginning, from the from the jump ball. They kind of took control early, but the refs were really bad. Yes, again. At, in this game as well. Again. And Brandu did have reason to be that upset with, who was the big man? Jonas Valanciunas jumping all over him after Randu did a pump fake and didn't get no call. But when when it was halftime, we went into the halftime with a, I don't even remember what the what the lead was, but we were definitely losing by ten plus points, right? Randall right shoving his teammates off him, going to the locker room screaming. It just wasn't a good look. Yeah, came back and the rest. I mean, I understand, but the play before it's like, yo, you you gonna let him get mauled the way that he got mauled and not call nothing? Or like. But the it, game is still going on. That's what that's what like that's what I don't like about it. You could talk to the ref all you want. It's halftime now. Be as frustrated as you want. But I feel like that's completely just took him out of the game. The Knicks were um, actually only down four at halftime. And and he was he was in the game after the foul. Like after the after the blown call by the referees. He was still in the game. He scored that tip in, that tip, that tip in right at the buzzer, mm-hmm. which was like, "Let's go, Julius, let's go." And the score was forty six forty two at halftime. Mm-hmm. So Knicks were only down four, but yeah, I I do feel I do agree with you. He took that into the second half, and that was that. I feel like that was his like one of his first baskets because he was struggling in the first half with scoring. He was like zero for three. He finished with like he finished that was his only basket digits. actually. Yeah, that was his only basket was that tip in. But outside of that, I remember like in the first half he was doing a lot of positive things even though he wasn't scoring. He was passing. He was getting assists. He had like five assists in the first quarter, and he let the refs take him completely out of this game because in the second half, the Pelicans just came out. It was the third quarter of doom all over again. They came out, stepped on our neck. We didn't have no response. We didn't get any help from the refs, from what I recall. Like, they just came out and dominated the starters. That like, Mitchell Robinson was the only player who had a game worth mentioning as player at a, at a game because he finished with 17 points, 15 rebounds. Red do end up finishing the night going one for nine from the field, 0 for two from three. Like I said, he had six assists, seven rebounds, one steal in a block, but he had the worst plus minus on the team with a negative 26. Mitchell performed having 17 points, 15 rebounds against a tough opponent in Valanciunas, who was, he was, he was being very physical down there. I was surprised that he didn't get called a lot more, but I don't really know what to feel about this team because every night we play, it's just like, you don't know what to expect. You used to be able to, even if we win, lose, you know what you know what you would expect from Julius Randle? What would you expect? 20 and 10, right? It, would, it wouldn't be the most efficient 20 and 10. He'd, he would definitely have 10 rebounds, and he would definitely have around 20 points. 17, 18, 19, 20 points around that area every time. He can't even get over 10 points recently. Like, he's had he's a few bad games. Four points in the game and they didn't come back into the fourth quarter at all rj (laughs) julius they weren't allowed to play four points in three quarters now look 
he wasn't the only starter. Kemba Walker finished with five. Evan Fournier finished with six. The three of them were, I won't say equally terrible, but the, th the three of them just didn't provide the kind of game that you need to provide when you play in a team like the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, the chemistry is just not there at all. But this is, like, even Kemba, this is a complete, Kemba and Evan, this is a completely different game than the game before for them. They both played well. Like, mm -hmm. they both played well. I don't know what's going on with Julius, but one for nine from the field, 0 for two from three, two for four from the free throw after you missed a free throw the game before. You, you want to come back and try to hit all of them. And you went 50% again. Like, well, I don't know if he went 50%. I don't remember if he went 50% against Timberwolves, but he went 50% in this game. Like, inexcusable. You're the leader of this team. How do you have the worst plus minus on the team in a game? Refs took him out the game. Second half, he did absolutely nothing. And, I, and I, I, I'm done after this, but how the refs going to come into this game and not try to give the Knicks a generous whistle after... You admit that you cost them the game the game before. Like, Because the, the two-minute report does nothing. It does absolutely nothing. It doesn't make the referees feel bad. It probably makes them feel embarrassed for getting called out, and now they got a grudge. Like, I, I don't understand what the point of the last two-minute report is. It's like, a, I told you so. You have proof now, but is it going to change anything? No. Is it going like, to impact probably wasn't the a score outcome report. of the last game? No. I don't know if there was a two-minute report for this game, but it didn't matter because the Knicks were, were getting blown the hell out by the time the last two minutes were. Like, it didn't matter at the at the end of the day. Yeah, the starters didn't like, even come back in the like fourth Like, the quarter. bench came in, and they made it somewhat of a game, but, like, when you have to come back from double-digit deficit in the fourth quarter to try to tie it or win it, that is really hard to do. It's yeah. easier to do when you're talking a half or, like, a, a quarter and a half. And Brandon Ingram didn't even come off the bench in the fourth quarter. The, he, his replacement was able to keep the Knicks at bay. I mean, it's, it's just tough. Yo. It's just tough to do. It's tough it's to ask a team to score to to outscore the other team by twenty points in order to get the win, like in a in a quarter. You could ask them for a half, three quarters, but in one quarter. So, but the bench came out and they played very well. They had they we're the only uh, members of the team to have a positive plus minus. Mitch got close. He was only negative one in the plus minus, but yeah, this was a, just a nasty game, especially after the Timberwolves game. You want to try and you want to come into this game and be angry and use that anger to do something, force a win. And they came out and they matched the Pelicans energy, but you were supposed to, obliterate them because of the last game and then the referees took you out of it and you just played soft for the next for the for the next quarter Tibbs Tibbs also uh, Tibbs should have said should have done something different sorry what to is say, he going to do I'm sorry to say <laughs> it but you, you enter the half and then you come out the half and y'all come out listless like that but what them is starters, he gonna do? Them starters should have been playing spot minutes and let and he should have been letting Obi and them boys get more minutes. Especially with Kemba playing like if Kemba comes out the third quarter and he ain't knocking down shots the way he did against Minnesota. Like I didn't highlight him, but he had a good game in Minnesota. He was knocking down threes. All right, cool. You deserve to play. Evan Fournier, if you're not coming out and you're not doing what you did against Minnesota, you gotta go to the bench. RJ was having an RJ game. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. He didn't, he's still doing that. He's still getting to the rim and finishing at the rim. That's wonderful. It's good for yeah. his development, but he didn't take over the game the way he has in the past. But, but I didn't I'm, feel like he deserved to be benched the entire fourth. I felt like yeah, it was Tibbs benching the starters was just a cop out so that he didn't have to sing, individually single out Julius, the, the Evan, veterans. and Kemba. The veterans, the veterans in the starting lineup. The veter and, and the veterans of the starting lineup are the players that are playing the worst. And the two youngest players in the starting lineup are are getting double digit points. Like, come on, bro. Like, 
you got to get out of your own way and you have to admit, all right, the veterans are the guys who are not giving me the best chance to win. It is what it is. I have no problem with the fact that Randall came out the second half and played and Kemba, but when they play worse than they played in the first half in a, in a half where you are down four already, you have to, you have to pull, you got to say, yo, that's it. Come on. And the then, only reason Julius Randle is here is because he wanted to be held accountable. Hold him accountable. And then them guys that you replace him with run out of gas in the fourth quarter. Now what? Exactly. Well, there's nothing tips could do well, unless they, we make a trade. Out of, they ran out of gas in the fourth quarter because they played the whole fourth quarter. Like if saying. you get, if you bring them <laughs> in in the third quarter and then you bring, all right, now you bring in whoever, your 11th and 12th man. Right? If you bring those boys in to give whoever a breather, now you have gas again in the fourth quarter. But you ask them to play 12 straight minutes of trying to stop the other team from scoring, scoring and you score all the points, that's, like I said, that's really tough to do. You have to give them that opportunity in the third quarter to get it down to 10 points at least, and then you spend that fourth quarter trying to tie it and take it into overtime. So you tell them I to, knew to that empty the, Knicks, the bench rather than I, play the starters. I'm saying that when the when your best game. players are playing like your worst players, put them on the bench. Our, our Randall not is not. We all know that's not going to happen. Yeah, Tibbs is never going to do that. But he Tibbs has to at least if you're not going to do it with Randall because Randall has that excuse of being the leader of being the guy who you know most improved player last year, All Star. Like okay, you're not going to do it for Randall. Cool. What about Kemba? What about Evan Fournier? Like Just why? Paid. Evan Fournier, four-year deal. I don't care. You should care. You may pay that contract. You know now what you're going to do? I don't, if you I don't take care. him out, now it's going to be... I don't care you because have he's not giving you the opportunity to win. And I guarantee you that if Evan Fournier left that game yet, uh, uh, against, against the Pelicans with a win, he wouldn't care about what his minutes were. And, and I'm sure that Tibbs is going to give him as many minutes... As he lost in the next game when that when we play, which we we're gonna talk about the next games, but I don't care about managing Evan Fournier's minutes so that he doesn't play too much because Evan Fournier has already given us numerous opportunities to win, and he's also given us wins this season. So I understand wanting to play Evan Fournier. I understand wanting to play Kevin Walker. I understand wanting to play Julius Randle and and trying to ride it out. But at a certain point, you cannot let the game get out of hand when when those guys are on the court. You can't because then you're, especially in the second half, because then you're just asking for the impossible. The bench is not going to win the game for you when you're down damn near 20 points. Twenty. They were down by how, what was the most amount of points they were down in that game, French? Wasn't it like 25. plus 20? 25? Yeah, that's not going to cut it, man. You can't, Once you get down to 25, like, your starters, obviously, you had them in the game for too long. When you came into the half down four, like, come on, bro. That like, I, I, I like Tibbs. Tibbs is a really good coach for us. I think that he is going to get us back into the playoffs. If not this season, he's going to get us there next season. But this is a game where he got in his own way and he waited too long by trusting guys that have not shown that you should trust them every single game. It is what it is. Julius Randle scored four points. And he played. Give me one second as I pull it up. Julius Randle played 29 minutes. He played almost the equivalent of three quarters. A quarter and a half. I mean, two quarters and a half. Four points. Meanwhile... Obi Toppin had a bad game. He had zero points in 18 minutes. But you have Quentin Grimes scored 13 in 23. Alec Burks scored 13 in 22. Manuel Quickly scored 14 in 23. Even Taj Gibson had half of the production that Julius Randle had in less minutes. He scored two points in 17 minutes. Like, we can't keep doing this. We cannot keep doing this. I'm sorry. Sorry, but we can't. So, are, are we done with this game, French? I want to 
start talking about what do we see as a result of this last week? Because what do I see? I don't know what I see because the Knicks followed up a three-game win streak with a three-game losing streak. I said the Knicks were going to go 3-0. and I look stupid because they went 0-3. Right? I admitted it in the last pod. This the the Charlotte game we recorded after. That was gonna be that was supposed to be the first game of a three and zero. They lost. I still stuck with it. I said they're gonna go two and zero. They lost the two games that they said they were gonna win. I said one and one. They they are so confusing. I said when Kemba Walker comes back, when Derrick Rose comes back. They're going to look better. Kemba Walker came back. They did look good against Minnesota when he and Evan Fournier started hitting them shots. They did not look good against the Pelicans. So I think I need another few games. And these games that are coming up may not be the games that yeah, the schedule coming up is <laughs> the, it only gets it worse. Be the games for me to really kind of judge this team on, but. I need another few games to kind of get really a sense of how I feel because RJ didn't play the way that he did when the Knicks played well, when the Knicks were winning games, but he still showed that he still showed that he has the talent to still do it again. Like, I don't think that those games were flukes. He's still getting to the rim. He's missing three point shots more so now than he was at that time. I want to see if he gets it back or if this teen teen point RJ, if that's who I should expect more often than not. I We've only gotten two games of Kemba. One, he played good. We should have won. We didn't. One, he played bad. We got blown out. I don't know if that proves my point about have, have Kemba playing and the Knicks being better or, or if... I need to just give up on Kemba because he's going to be too inconsistent. Mitch had a great game. And I don't know if I've been wondering to myself, why don't the Knicks just utilize him more offensively? Because he seems to be the easiest bucket getter that we have. And they don't. So, but it's understandable because his offensive, his offense is limited as hell. Like he gets a lot of his buckets on putbacks and and grabbing the offensive rebound. Mm -hmm. It's not, and he has no post game. So, you know, a lot of times it's real. A lot of times it's really just the Knicks just like, I'm just going to throw it up at the rim and hope Mitch cat and hope Mitch just gets the rebound. And and that's what happens. Mm -hmm. And if they prioritize that more, I feel like, the struggles that they have, like they struggled offensively in these last two games to start the game, and they and they never really tried to look for Mitch. I feel like maybe when they when their offense is not going, that's what you need to do more so often because a lot of teams can't match him. I so there's a lot of even in these losses, there's still some things where it's like I don't think that they're that bad, but it's about putting it together. I don't know whether to give up on this team because maybe it's a pipe dream that I'm thinking of or or whether to. But what's the pipe dream? Like, I don't know. What's the ceiling of this year's team? I don't think it's going to Nobody be. knows what the ceiling of this team is because yeah. you could see so many positives in the bad and you could see so many, you could see, you could see those same positive when it's good. I know what the good version of this team looks like. It's just about them actually doing it. So... I guess I'm going to pose the question since it ties in. Are the Knicks struggles due to Kemba's return? I think you said that earlier. Or were the previous three games a fluke? If we say the previous three games are a fluke, that means every game that we won this season was a fluke because they just displayed more of the same. Like every win for the most part, I feel like we played pretty similar to how we played in in that three-game stretch. Especially in the beginning of the season when we started off 5-1. Actually, you're right. 
those three games were kind of like the other wins that we've had. But the difference was that preceding those three games, R.J. Barrett was running a different role. Mm-hmm. And he was showing that he could be that number one option offensively. Against who, though? Well, that's... He was playing really that's, <laughs> bad that's, teams in that stretch, yes, too. That is fair. That is fair. But that doesn't mean that what he did was fake. I'm not saying that it was, but I'm also and, acknowledging and he the did fact display, that... he did display new tricks in his bag. Like, we talked about... Like, we, he... he is stuff from RJ was like, okay, I did not know that you were going to pull that out this season, but you did. Very good. Pull, pull up threes, a lot of f- fancy footwork in the paint, post-ups. Mm-hmm. The finishing has been better than at any point in his career. And that's what his good play was predicated on. So... We're halfway through the season, and I'm still like, I need to see more because this team seems to be changing by the week. And yeah. you, I, this is I, the most unpredictable team that I've ever watched as a Knicks so, fan. So, for me, I think you agree with this because you didn't really answer the question. It's a push, right? How you feel about this team? Are the Knicks struggles due to Kemba, Kemba's return or were the previous three games a fluke? Push. All of the above could be true. All of the above could be false. I, I don't... Something rotten, though. Some, something's wrong with this team. And nobody knows what it is. I, I don't know what it is. Like, even when Julius isn't playing and we're playing Oklahoma City, we get blown out and it just doesn't make... I don't know what's going on but with I, the team. I told, you, I told you how I felt about that then, though. And, you know, we're never going to see it. Like, if... if, if you know, Kemba, Kemba was healthy and Julius went out with COVID, then maybe, like, we would feel different. If Derrick Rose never got hurt, maybe we would feel different about those games. But that's not what happened. We'll, we're never going to see what this team looks like with Julius Randle off of it unless there is a potential I want to see this team with Fournier replaced with Cam. That's what I want to see. I just want to see how that looks. I don't know if that's going to happen either. I don't know if it is, but I'm just saying I'd like to see it at one point this season and at least once Fournier well, goes out with something, maybe a birth of a baby or something like that, and Cam gets the starting role to, to, to shore up the defense any way possible. For I, th- I think Tibbs could fix a lot of Cam Reddish's defensive issues. If you could do the laps or on a defensive end – for Obi Toppin that you've done, I don't think he 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 would have a hard time finding Cam Reddish a good spot in our defensive unit. So you think Cam should start if you get rid of Evan? Well, I got to see him first, but I'm saying at some point this season, if he is acclimated into the rotation and he's looking well, I would I would really be interested in seeing him in the starting starting unit with RJ. And the jewels, oh. Mitch. Tibbs did recently say that we may see Cam soon. He's almost there. He's healthy. Yep. He's not going to play many minutes starting off. He's going to have to earn every minute, but he is going to play. That's what Tibbs said. Should be playing tomorrow. So you got anything you want to talk about, French? I just, I, I don't know. I feel like the stuff that's been surrounding Julius Randle all season... I don't think it's um, out of the realm of possibility that he gets traded. What's your thoughts on that? It looks like he needs a fresh start. He needs Uh, something because he's starting to spiral out of control. He needs RJ to be the guy that he was before that first Boston game. He needs RJ to... and, And to... Tibbs's credit and to the team's credit, they are still trying to get RJ to play like that again. They are giving him a lot of reps running the offense. But the last few games, specifically the Minnesota game, 
and the, and the Charlotte game. He, I don't know, but brain, he had brain farts in those games. So I think this team is at its best when RJ does that and succeeds. And then Julius Randle, as a secondary guy, he doesn't have to worry about too much. He plays really well. And the team wins when that happens. So I don't know if a trade is necessary for Julius Randle to get back right. I just think the pressure on him needs to be lifted. And the way, the best way for that, from what I've seen this year, is for RJ to step up. And maybe for Tibbs to give Julius less minutes and let Obi top and run some more. <clears throat> I don't think that's going to happen just I, due to the amount of. I don't think it's going to happen either, but that's pressure I think on that's the what, defense that Randall forces. I think that that is what would be best for him. I don't think it's going to happen, though. I don't think what's yeah. best for him is going to happen. Yeah. Well, last week, you, as you said, you predicted 2 and 0. I predicted 2 and 1. So. 1 and 1. I mean, one and one, my bad. I won, so I'm going to choose you to go first on the upcoming games because the <laughs> Knicks play the Clippers tomorrow at 1 o'clock. They play the Cavs on Monday, Heat on Wednesday, Bucks on Friday. What's your prediction? I predict that the Knicks will go one and three. With the one game being either the Cavs or the Bucks, I got us winning this Clippers game tomorrow. Do you? Yeah. And possibly the Cavs game. So I'm going to go two and two. Okay. I don't see us I, beating Miami. I don't see us beating Milwaukee. I. Wait, 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 wait. Time out. Because Giannis is hurt right now, isn't he? I don't know, but we can look that up. Oh, we he's definitely day. he's not playing against Sacramento, but he's oh he'll uh, be back for he'll be back for the Knicks. Yeah, he'll be back. Well, yeah, he'll be back for the Knicks. They, they so play yeah, on Friday. Play. He is gonna play and he's gonna show out. I I I'm surprised you went two and two, French. I'm gonna be honest with you. I was really thinking you was gonna take the gimme and go zero and four. It was too easy. I couldn't do that. <laughs> because that's what I was choosing. It. I was choosing between zero and four and one and three. But that would mean that the Knicks are on a seven-game losing streak. I don't think that's going to happen. I think from what we've seen so far this season, this team has too much pride to go one hundred percent on a losing streak like that. They always win, lose in streaks, and they win in streaks. And um, I can see them playing the Clippers tomorrow. Passionate playing with intensity. You know Tibbs is showing them everything that they're doing wrong right now as we speak. Yeah, I could just see Julius Randle coming out of his slump and having a good game against the Clippers. And then the Cavs, that's going to be a game that's like, I don't know. I'm iffy. I'm back and forth on that one more than the Clippers game because, you know, they got the modern-day Twin Towers mm -hmm. with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Darius Garland's looking like an all-star. So, I don't know. I want to go one and three with you, but I'm going to go two and two and say we get that Cavs game. You can't go one and three with me. Yeah, I can't. Because <laughs> they're not winning against Miami. I don't. Y'all could probably, as, as viewers, Knicks fans, y'all could have all the faith in the world, but me personally, Miami, I think they're the worst possible matchup for the Knicks every season. So this year, they're even better with Kyle Lowry. I don't really see how we could get that win. I think Bam is like the perfect matchup for Mitch because he's fast, strong, and he jumps, and he can score from the mid-rate. Like, it's just too many weapons that Miami has. out. I, I ain't even mentioned Jimmy Butler. Tyler Hero is good. He's playing like an all-star this year. Yeah, and Milwaukee, they, they, they already... They already did his dirty this year. So, yeah, I'm going to go two and two. All right. I was trying to look at the injury report to see if, like, somebody important from the Clippers is out. But I see Marcus Morris Sr. and Nick Batum are the two most recent recent injuries. And, yeah, I don't 
<laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You got any plugs you want to give before we go, French? I got a few recommendations. Now that you ask about it. Okay. I got a movie recommendation. You probably seen this before many years ago, but it's a good rewatch. Movie from 2002, Antoine Fisher, starring Denzel Washington, Derek Luke, and Joy Bryant. I watched it on Amazon Prime, I believe. Let me look that up just so yeah. I can be sure. Yeah. I, I rewatched it though, and it was a really good watch. It's on Hulu with a premium subscription, allegedly, and it's on Amazon Prime. I'm pretty sure I watched it on Prime though. But if you don't know what that movie's about, it's about a Navy man. Grew up, his mother had given birth to him in prison. He was born in prison. His father was dead. And she never came and got him from uh, foster care. So he grew up his whole life in a group home and then joined the Navy as soon as he aged out. And he was getting into fights, all kind of stuff, until he got forced to do this therapy session with Denzel Washington, who's his therapist. And... It, the movie just takes, like, a journey, and it was a good watch. I watched that earlier this week. You remember watching that, right? I do. I need to watch it again because I... You only remember one thing about that movie. Right. Yeah. And I got I to gotta, rewatch it because I don't remember anything about it except that it was a good movie. Exactly. So rewatch that. It's on Prime Video. Allegedly, it's on Hulu as well, according to Google. But TV recommendation... A show that I recommended you earlier this year or last year. You seem to uh, enjoy it. The Boys on Amazon Prime. It's better to just go into it not knowing anything. It's based off a comic. It's like an animated series, but it's not what you're thinking. It's for adults, so don't watch it around any children, <laughs> whatever you do. But it's a really good show. It's not like, uh, I'm not going to say nothing else. Just <laughs> go into Just it open-minded. Stay open-minded because you've probably seen spoilers for it already. Just go into it and watch it. That's all I'm going to tell you. What about you? You got anything you want to plug? I don't really have anything I want to plug. I just want to say that I'm tired of y'all spoiling Spider-Man for me. Like, everything I don't want, like... It, you, I, I used to be able to avoid spoilers, like, because I don't click on anything. I don't. And y'all are giving away spoilers in the news titles, putting pictures up. Like, I'm going to save you what something. Right? waiting until it came out on Blu-ray or on streaming. Like, <laughs> it's still in the theaters and y'all spoiling the hell out of it. I don't want to know stuff DVDs. that I know. So now you're forcing me to go to the movie so I can watch the movie as opposed to waiting for it to come on Disney Plus like I was intention like I was intending to do. Like, stop spoiling movies while it's still in the theaters. Stop. I'm not looking for the spoilers. I'm mad enough that there's speculation. I'm like, oh, maybe the speculation. It's just speculation. I'm mad enough about that before the movie came out. Now y'all like, yeah, the, spe the speculation's true. Da -da -da. Knock it I off. didn't see any spoilers yet. I delete knock, everyone who knock it does off. I any got, type of spoiler. I can't, I can't go through my news feed without getting spoiled on Spider-Man No Way. So, you know what? I'm just going to go to the theaters because obviously that's what y'all want me to do. Knock it off, though. I don't want to do. I don't want to yell at y'all again for this. I don't. All right. It's only in theaters, right? Yes. Like, I could have watched the cam. I could have I done gone the illegal route. And I didn't want to do it because I want to see it clear. But y'all keep spoiling it for me. So now I got to go to the movie theaters. I made a decision. I'm never going back to the movie theaters. <laughs> I'm Why is never, that? I'm never going back. Because, wow. and you know it's crazy because I used to love going to the movies. Mm -hmm. That was my favorite thing to do. Any date I go on is a movie. Okay. I just been spoiled with subtitles, yo. <laughs> I love having it. subtitles there. I can't I watch it. a movie and not know what they say. And I go to the movie theater. I went to go see Saints in Newark. I forgot what that's called. The Sopranos movie. Okay. Checked out like halfway through. I could. I, I, I couldn't follow. I'm like, yo, they talking so low. I'm not watching The Matrix with no subtitles. So I, I, I'm just going to wait till Spider-Man makes his way to HBO. And then watch it. 
then then we can talk about it on the podcast because I, I don't want you to spoil nothing for me. I I understand perfectly with the whole subtitle thing. I don't know. I guess I just pay attention more. It also depends on the theater. Like some theaters, the audio ain't great. So you are struggling to hear stuff that you should be able to hear clearly. So that's part of it too. But when you find yourself a good theater and you know that, that you know, it's a good theater. I'm not so put off by it, especially because like anything I missed, I'm, I know I'm going to watch it again. And then when I watch it again, I'm going to have the subtitles on. So I definitely get it. I'll watch everything on subtitles just like you. I, I don't know who started that in trend in the family because we all do it now. But subtitles is a must. Hey, if you were listening and you happen to be rich and know someone who's rich, just pitch the idea. Subtitle movies in the theater. I think they might just have, have one that. section. I think they might have that. I, I'm not entirely not in sure. Not New York. But I'll, I'll look into that. Maybe maybe we'll go to the movies together to watch it. If if I can figure it out. If they have subtitles. Yeah, correct. Yeah, it'd be lit. All right, y'all. Thank y'all. We appreciate y'all for listening. We love y'all. Love y'all for sure. For sure, for sure. All right. Well, thank you again for listening to... The Next Take, the next, the, 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 the next take Podcast. And I apologize for the quality of the last episode. Peace! That intro music was Broadway Boo by Gotti B, formerly known as Bugatti Blade. You can find us on Twitter at The Knicks Take. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you for listening.